On this episode of Resi Week, Crestron partners with Origin Acoustics, long-term success, and how drought affects chips. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 266, AV to Environmental. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Daylight, the leading producer of high-quality projection screens worldwide. Welcome to this episode of Resi Week. This is your weekly roundup of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott for avnation.tv. And this week, I'm pleased to be joined by a whole slew of of good friends of mine. First, we have Mr. John Clancy. He is the Vice President of Residential for Crestron. How are you doing, John? I'm doing great. Hey, Matt. Thank you for being here, sir. Then we have Mr. Jeremy Glowacki. I was just on his fantastic podcast last week, and he came back to hang out with me this week. He is the Executive Editor of Residential Tech Today. How are you doing, Jeremy? I'm doing very well, Matt. Great to see you again. And uh, unlike Mr. Clancy, who left out a major chunk of his uh, young career, the fact that he was in the Marines, didn't tell me about that on the podcast until after we were done. Like, oh, I forgot to tell you. <laughs> I don't think Matt left anything out. We, we talked for an hour, so we covered about everything. We barely started talking. About <laughs> I know. I, I, had, I had another page of questions that we didn't get to. It's but. the worst thing about having me on a show is I talk a lot because I'm practiced. <laughs> then we have Mr. Lo- Mosey Levy. He is the senior nerd at Backstage AV. How you doing, Mosey? Good, Matt. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. And last but certainly not least, we have my good friend, Avi Rosenthal. He is a partner at Blue Save. How are you doing, Avi? I'm doing well, Matt. Thanks so much for having me today. And uh, I'll, I'll do my best not to do all of the talking because sometimes I get accused of that too. So it, It's crazy how that happens to us. <laughs> I feel like it's not on purpose, but it kind of is. Yeah. All right, gentlemen, let's, uh, let's kick this off. There has been a bunch of stuff going on in the news, so we're going to cover a bunch of it. First up from our website, a brand new partnership with Crestron and Origin Acoustics. Uh, So John, I'm so glad that you are here for this. If you haven't seen it, uh, check it out. As I said, it's on our website as well as a bunch of others. Uh, Crestron has uh, got a, a new audio controller piece and Origin has built some beautiful loudspeakers for it. John, what what kicked off the partnership between Origin? You, you guys, especially on the commercial side, you've expanded into speakers uh, a couple of years ago, and this seems like a, a really nice just dovetail to to add it into the res- residential space. What pushed the decision to to look at adding a speaker line, and what what brought Origin into that conversation? So uh, we we've had speakers for a while now, um, and. You know, we knew we needed a refresh about a year ago, and we started to really dig deep. Um, and we we also know, even as big as Crestron is, we needed to focus on the things that we were really, really, uh, um, really good at. And, you know, speakers are something that we really know that uh, you have to be really good at. And we, we looked around, and Origin really matched up nicely with, uh, with what we wanted to do. Um, from an integrator perspective, I think they get great reviews from, from, uh, from their dealers around ease of installation. I mean... You know the concept of not having to go up on a ladder with a with a screw gun in your hand. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I just remember my days of being a technician and trying to do that, and you know, uh, just that aspect of of, uh, of installation. But but the quality 
again, um, really focusing on, you know, their silk dome tweeters, their ceramic coated aluminum tweeters on the higher end models that, we, that we're building with them. Um, really focused on the quality of our new audio solutions, right? So the speakers are just part of the story mm -hmm. and partnering with Origin is, a, is a, obviously a huge part of that story. But we wanted to time that with the release of our, our new uh, audio distribution system, uh, DMNAX. Uh, it, it's the first of its kind, uh, not just for Crestron. It's, it's very, very unique. It's, it's really not unlike anything else out there. Um, it's extremely flexible, extremely scalable, uh, built-in audio streaming in every single zone. Uh, and it has tons of power. So we know we needed a high quality speaker to match up along with that. Um, and that's, that's where you know, the, the, the talks with Origin really began. Yeah, very good. Jeremy, this is, this is a very interesting thing to see Origin continue to partner with, with big players. Uh, they did the first one with B&O, uh, and then they've done another one with Crestron. What is, what is pushing the, the, the partnership from, from so many manufacturers these days to go out and you know, partner to, to add those skill sets? Well, I mean, I think that you just, like what John was saying, you, you look for expertise in a category. Um, if, it, if there's a good fit from a corporate standpoint with the two companies working together, I think that you, you just don't need to reinvent the wheel. Um, not everybody needs to be in the, uh, the speaker business per se. A lot of companies are, and Crestron has been in it, but to, to, to be a manufacturer trying to do all of those pieces that you don't do on a daily basis necessarily for a product. Um, I think you, you go to somewhere that has the facility to do it, the, the engineering to do it and um, expertise. And I, I think it's exciting to, to see this collaboration in effect because um, yeah, it's a very, really, when it comes down to it, we, we're in a very small industry mm -hmm. and to be able to get along and play well together and, and figure out ways to, to basically make a, a better solution for the customer, the end user, that's what it's all about and not about just trying to outdo somebody in something that's not maybe your core competency. Yeah, very good. Mosey, I am, I'm so glad you're here for this one because not only are you the senior nerd, um, but Typically, if I have a like a, a dealer question about Crestron Home or, or something in the Crestron world, you were the first person I think of. So when you saw this, when when you've seen and, and hopefully soon get to play with uh, the DMNAX system, like it looks phenomenal from my standpoint. As a Crestron dealer, um, as somebody working in you know the area in which you work. What does this kind of solution and this kind of partnership mean to you as a as a as an integrator? Yeah, so it's actually it's huge because audio has been a weak point across the industry when it comes to integration. If you're doing a standalone system, it's not that difficult, but no one's doing, you know, at this level, we're not doing standalone audio systems. We're doing integration. Mm -hmm. And so the options we've had up until now have really been barely okay. So we were really looking for a very well integrated solution that is modern. And NAX on paper looks incredible. Um, you know, it's got a stream per zone, like John said. Um, it's got the power we need and it's got the flexibility. Beyond that, it integrates with Crestron to a deeper level than a traditional audio system would. It's gonna have, um, it's gonna be able to take your video streams from NVX and without any physical connections, just through some software checkboxes, it's gonna be able to stream your Keelbox or Apple TV right over the network into your audio system. So right there, that reduces rack time for us. We, we spend so much time wiring up our racks, so that makes it 
uh, much easier for us. And it also reduces comple uh, complexity. We don't have to think about or communicate or, or document stripping audio out of one device and routing it to another device. So that right there is huge. And then it, uh, it also brings together, um, um, it gives us digital inputs, which we can then um, trigger um, sound files on the NAX. So basically you could have some sort of doorbell set up where you could have a ding dong by the pool. So so many of our clients ask us, how do we know when someone's at the, at the door when we're by the pool? And that right there is, is it. Yeah, that's very, it's, very Yeah, it's super exciting. The last thing I'm gonna say is that it's it's got about the audio streams, it has so many great services. Um, I just want to see how they work in real life, but that's that's super exciting too. And the reason, um, not to not to explain your your response, but the reason John uh Mosey's saying see because it's coming out in June, right, John? Yeah, we uh it, uh, it ships in June. Uh, I have a unit, there's a handful of units running around here. I've been playing with it for a couple of months now. Uh, and uh, so, you know, we'll open up a, 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 an external beta. I know Mosey's chomping at the bit. Uh, I think he emails me every other day, but uh, as soon say, as we get them, we will, we will get them. We'll get... <laughs> just send me the tracking number when you have it, please. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, the, the plan is to get, get those out soon. But yeah, it, it is the internal success of this internal beta program has been spectacular. Fantastic. Avi, let me, let me finish with you on this. One of the things that I find really interesting and exciting about NAX is the, the high resolution aspect of it. Most distributed systems don't really have that. And if they do, it's, it's hey, we have title, so we have high res. Um, most customers, when they want high res, they're forced to go to a typical two-channel solution. Right. Is this going to really help build the momentum of, of high res? Yeah, I think we've been limited somewhat by the hardware that's been available, right? The the streams, you've got services out there and you've got content that are certainly high res enough to be on these systems. But up until now, we really haven't had a true choice of distribution to, to send these kind of larger pipeline systems. Now you do. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's also going to raise the bar. You know, when Mosey goes to do an installation now, instead of sort of talking down maybe a little bit about the quality, he can talk it up. Right. You've got Origin Acoustics, which is a great name and, and a great property to have uh, in the speaker side. He's got this great distribution hub to hang it off of. Now he can go after the higher content, the higher level content stuff. And I think it's going to raise the bar across the board. It's going to be very interesting to see what the other quote unquote audio distribution companies do out there in order to compete with now what is really going to be the, the preeminent system available. Yeah, it'll be very interesting to watch. All right, gentlemen, let's move on to our next story of the day. This comes to us from Residential Systems and our good friend, Henry Clifford. Long-term success, where will you be in 2035? Uh, he's, he's playing off, and, and go read the article. He, Henry starts talking about the push that GM has done to pledge to only sell zero emission vehicles by 2035 and asks, what would you do if your CI business was armed with these same information. Jeremy, I, I love the premise of this article because so much of our so much of our day-to-day -day world is, you know, we, we do future planning, but it, it's so dependent on the technology. We don't know what's coming down the pipe uh, in in six months, other than, you know, some crestron stuff. Um, but we don't know what's coming down the pipe six months, a year in advance. And and that can 
totally shift the way we, we do business and the way we go to market. How do you go about setting goalposts in this industry that's so tech dependent? Yeah, well, I think that one of the things that Henry mentions that was really, really wise as well was the idea of, of selling service. And it's been that, that challenge that we've been talking about for years now, but um, Henry's invested in one of those companies. He admits that, but it, it, it's, it's really great to, to be able to be the, 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 the sales, not, not only selling product to these clients, but, all, but to be their service tech, the, the company that comes in and helps them understand what's going on with their network because we're all dependent on our network and is their, their, um, their technician in every way, shape and form. So if you have um, a plan that isn't dependent on necessarily each individual product going forward, that's, that's where you look ahead. That, that's, that's your strategy and b- being able to get paid for that work and not, not having it just thrown in and rolling a truck and not getting, uh, you know, compensated. So I think that, uh, it is a challenge to look ahead and figure out what the, the goalposts are going to be for the future. But if you're focused on the service aspects of it, you're always going to be there for your clients. Yeah. Very good. Mosey, when, when you see something like this, um, you and I are the, the two current integrators on, on the call. How do you go about future planning for your, for your business? Again, when it's so dependent on technology. Um, it's, that's obviously impossible, but the only thing you could really do is, is kind of look backwards over your past, maybe five or 10 years and see what's changed over that time and see maybe what might change going forward. Um, I know that a few years ago, five, 10 years ago, I was nervous that all of our older clients, you know, as our younger clients get older, those, well, let me say that let's basically as the 18 year olds get older. And uh, I was super nervous that because they were so tech savvy, we would have a less of a client base, but I've noticed recently that these clients have now grown a little older. And so, yeah, they're, they're more tech savvy, but they still need you to install these systems. They're not going to be able to install your, your shades or their lighting control systems. And so um, you're still needed, just like a plumber is still needed, just like electricians still needed. So that's, that was really great to see. I've also noticed that over the past five, 10 years, our uh, business has really changed from audio and video being the center of it all to now environmental where we're controlling shades and lighting and climate more than ever seems to be much more important, especially when dealing with architects. Um, So, uh, and then on top of that, we're also controlling, uh, you know, fireplaces and waterfalls and, and, and more and more uh, devices that we've, we haven't done before. So going forward, I'm just, I guess it's just going to be more along the lines of um, more third-party devices that we haven't yet integrated with and more environmental Avi, is there, is there a power to kind of be in that, that middleman, that, that person that can help just blend whatever technology comes down the pipe with how your clients want to use it? Oh, absolutely. But I'm going to be the contrarian in this case, which is, I'm you know, shocked. I love to do that. I know, big shock, shock. big shock. But um, my opinion is, and I, and I read Henry's article, and, and he makes some really good points, but he makes good points from the perspective of somebody like GM. GM can control their entire modus operandi. They can control their entire flow. They can make decisions. We as integrators, we are just corks on the water. We have no control whatsoever over the technology that we get to install. A prime example of that, and I would put the question to to you and Mosey is, 
five years ago, natural language processing had no piece, no part, no, no application whatsoever in your daily life. And now you can't live without it. Whether you're a Google house or a HomeKit or an Amazon, or a, there is always now a nat an NLP aspect to your installations. You did not plan for that. You had no idea it was coming down the pipeline. It hit everybody from left field by, with as a ton of bricks. Nobody knew how to plan for it, yet each of you now wouldn't even consider doing an installation without it. And mm -hmm. so my point is the power is definitely being in the middleman, but the other power is being able to change on a dime, right? Hang that left turn and install that new piece of technology and be that person, because Mosey, the people, the reason why they're still coming to you is technology is moving faster than they can keep up with it, all right? And so even though the 18-year-olds are now 30-year-olds and they've grown up with it, it's still moving faster and it's still more complicated than they want to deal with in their daily life other than their smartphone. And that's the advantage. And that's always been the power of the integration channel is being that guy. Mosey calls himself the senior nerd. There's a reason for that. I aspire to that title right? There's a reason for that. I don't want to necessarily be the guy who predicts what's going to happen in 2035, but I want to be damn sure that I'm ready to install whatever technology is available in 2035. That's a really good answer. John, when you, when, when you hear what Avi just said, and you know, my, my initial question to you was going to be along the lines of, you know, how do manufacturers plan things out? Obviously you have a roadmap, but to, to Avi's point, your roadmap seven years ago, for example, may not have included anything that was voice related. And then maybe six months from them releasing it, you maybe, and, and I'm totally guessing at this, um, maybe you started to hear a rumor or two going around that makes you go, oh, now we have to adapt as well. You, Crustron's a major player in, the, in this industry, but in the world of technology, you know, you're still a big player, but you know, there, there are, there's different levels there. How do you guys roadmap things knowing that again, there's tech coming down the, the pipe that you guys haven't thought of, haven't considered, haven't, haven't brought into your world. Um, well, remember what I said before the call I officially started is that I haven't had a day off in, since January <laughs> of last year. Uh, but, <laughs> but, uh, but that being said, look, I mean, um, I'll talk about NAX for one second because this is the first product in a family of products that are that are due to be released over the course mm -hmm. of, of of the next two years. You know, there's over a dozen products in this lineup that are scheduled to come, and and you know you you do your best to foresee down the road what what where market trends are taking us and what end users are looking for, and and you adapt and adjust. But you know, product development takes time, right? Like you can't get a product out the door next week because. Uh, someone decided to do something from, from the big tech world, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Amazon, for instance, you know, we were one of the very early players in Amazon's uh, um, entrance to our space, right, in 2016. Um, and we adapted and we adjusted and we had to do things that were unconventional from an Amazon perspective, right? Um, it, was, it was interesting because, you know, you had to play ball with their smart home skills, right? It was a fixed set of things you yeah. could say. And we wanted more than that. So we came out with our own Crestron custom skill set that sat on top of that. So you can speak in, in at the time, again, five years ago sounds like an eternity, but what sounded like, like natural language, you know, uh, uh, Alexa, tell Crestron it's too dark in here. And my, my lights would raise 10%, 
right? Or or my shades would open depending on what time of day. But but doing things like that 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 uh, really keeps our eyes open and keeps us focused on really the practical use of, of some of these technologies in the home automation space. And that that's really, it's just keeping that, that constant vision on, on, on what's going on, what's possible, and then really narrowing it down to what makes sense and what we can deliver in a timely, in a timely basis. Very good. All right, gentlemen, let's hit most likely our, our final story of the day. We were going to talk chicken and specifically fried chicken, but Avi brought a, a very interesting article to my attention kind of last minute. And even though we talked about it last week, I, I still want to talk about it a little bit. And if we have time for chicken, we'll talk chicken. Um, this comes to us from Bloomberg. Making chips requires a lot of water. And well, Taiwan has a drought. Um, so if you if you were listening last week, we, we were talking a little bit about the chip shortage that is going on and, and really starting to feel effects. Uh, across the board um yeah so to add we you know an additional hiccup into that system taiwan now has a a, a major drought and they they need a lot of water to make chips avi we were already in a i, I don't want to say like a, a a cliff jump type position per se precarious had, maybe precarious yeah, yeah, yeah no very precarious, precarious is a good word yeah, but it wasn't good. No. I, I know. I'm sure Mosey's had the same problems that my company's had. We can't buy receivers. We can't buy this. We can't buy that. There's, there's, you know, a lot of the things that we use on the daily basis, you just can't get. No. We were hoping it was going to be better. Uh, there, there was a, some, some talk in the U.S. government about doing some things to try and help make that better. Uh, now we're hearing Taiwan has had a drought without a single typhoon to add again water. Uh, which I didn't realize was so important. Yeah, uh, it's, <laughs> it's it's coming as a surprise. Let's just say a lot of us that have never been involved in supply line are getting a real education now because you're getting to see essentially how the sausage is made. Um, you know, typically the average integrator would call a distributor and they'd order a box and the box would show up and they don't give a lot of thought to how many other people had to touch it or or what it took to build it or how it got there. Um, unfortunately, a lot of us are going to learn a lot about things like, uh, you know, popcorn and componentry and metal shortages and raw material shortages and not enough shipping vessels and a whole host of things that none of us ever wanted to deal with. Uh, this is just the next layer on top of an already precarious situation. I like that word, Jeremy. I'm gonna I'm gonna use it. Um, you know, the the fact that the U.S. government got involved has a lot to do with the fact that the uh, auto industry is really hurting. Um, mm -hmm. They can't build enough cars. Cars are computers on wheels these days. They take a lot of chips, a lot of componentry, and simply they don't have enough supply. Um, I'm not going to go into the, the politics of it, but suffice to say that the car manufacturers buy in a specific way, and it is more beneficial or was more beneficial uh, to the chip manufacturers to build for other things than it was for the car manufacturers if they only had a set amount of space in a foundry. Mm -hmm. That puts people out of work. That's a big deal, right? That's when it starts to hit the average consumer pocketbook. If you're a worker in a factory and you're told, hey, don't come to work for the next two weeks, there's not enough stuff for you to build, that's a big deal. So the feds have stepped in, they're gonna see what they can do, but all they can really do is move supply lines from one side to the other. 
three weeks ago when Texas had the great freeze, I, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm coining that phrase. I have no idea what they call it, but when Texas had the great freeze, um, it happened to be during the week of Chinese New Year, uh, which typically is when all of the foundries are offline because all of the, uh, the, the Asian folks are on holiday for two weeks. It's a wonderful time of year if you've ever been to, uh, to Asia during that time, but it's when the foundries in the rest of the world play catch up. Uh, because they don't supply the Chinese uh, factories and the, the Asian factories. And so a lot of times the foundries in, in, here in America and other places play catch up. Well, it was the exact same week that the Samsung plant in Austin went down for a week. Why? It froze. There was no water. There was, as you heard, you know, on the news, there was no water. So this is the first inkling that there was a problem with water and chips. Today, it has hit the press that it's the end of typhoon season in Taiwan. Typically, they get at least one per year. And it turns out if they don't get any, although typhoons are rather destructive, their, their version of hurricanes, they didn't get any rain. And so their reservoirs are now under 20% of their capacity, which means that the government has now told at least three counties in Taiwan that they cannot uh, use water, that they've put severe restrictions on water use. And it takes a lot of water to make a chip takes a lot of water. It's a very hot process. So they use the water to cool things down. If they can't use the water, they can't build the chips. They can't build the chips. They can't fulfill the supply line. And we're back in this precarious. Now we're even dangling by a more of a thread uh, than we were before. So things are going to get worse before they get better. There was another uh, earthquake in Japan a couple, three weeks ago, which put more strain on the supply lines. It's, it's, it's going to get worse before it gets better. I'm sorry to say. Thank you for such an uplifting. I know. You know I'm sorry. Final note, I'm Mo sorry. Mosey. When you, when you, when you hear that, when you've, you know, experienced the last six to eight months of questionable supply chain uh, procurement, um, how do you go about to, to to come back to the planning question from from the last story? How do you go about trying to plan out how you're going to approach the business this year and and likely for the foreseeable future yeah well hearing that makes me a little more nervous um it's already been tough you're welcome i'm just gonna Sorry. i'm gonna say that that Crestron actually has been really good at shipping everything mostly on time i don't know if it's uh, because they manufacture differently but normally when we have a project that lasts a year or two we break it up into phases uh, and schedules and so we have payment phases as well and when it's time to order their equipment we request a equipment payment and then we order their equipment and then we, we time it all perfectly so we don't sit on their money, we don't sit on equipment and we get it all right in time. And we really have to change how we do things now. We're gonna have to ask for money much earlier than when they're gonna deploy. And, and one of the reasons we, we ask for um, everything as late as possible is in case there's a pivot in the industry and we have to choose a different product. But we're gonna lose that luxury now. We're gonna have to order early and, and just have everything in stock. And right now I have a handful of projects where I'm just gonna order everything I possibly can right now, like in like 10 minutes uh, because of, of everything that's going on. John, I'll take that commission check when he's done. That's, that's good. <laughs> you, you think he's joking, but he's, he's ordering right now. Yeah. Can the PO be yeah. to be a Zoom? I'm sorry. Watch, <laughs> watch your computer screen. We'll see it. <laughs> Jeremy, this is, this is one of those things that we've never really had to think about in this channel. Usually if there was a product you couldn't get, it's because you weren't a dealer or there was limited distribution. <clears throat> now we're seeing, we're seeing all kinds of things be 
more and more delayed and, and to obvious point and, and all of these article points. Um, uh, I'm just reading something right now that's saying that this is the worst drought they've seen in 56 years. Uh, and they're expecting that they can produce chips through May. And that's, that'll be the end of it. Um, what do you, what do you suggest dealers do to explain to their customers what's going on? Because yeah. like, I know I've talked to a co- couple of my customers about it and they look at me like I'm crazy. Like, what do you mean? There's stuff everywhere. It's like, no, no, there's not. How, how do you, how do you take something that is so industry specific and make it make sense to a, to an end user? Well, I think that we have the automotive industry at least to use as a representative, you know, that's in the public sphere right now. Mm-hmm. We're talking about it with, like you said, the feds are, are involved. So um, you say that's part of our world too. And we're behind them, unfortunately, and in, in priority. And uh, it, it's really just an information campaign. I mean, it, it, the amount of the information we just learned about before this call from this article, you know, it just comes at you. We're, we, we get a global pandemic. Everyone knows what that's been doing. We are seeing environmental things happen that haven't happened before in Texas, in Taiwan, obviously. Uh, it, it's it's a scary time. I mean, I <laughs> it freaks you out. Our livelihoods are all tied to this. You know, it's not a matter of let's just we have to do things differently because we can't be in the same room together anymore. That type of thing that we've adjusted, and this industry has been successful despite the challenges and been able to go into homes and re uh, plan how, how you are safe and, and work with clients and clients have wanted more and more of what we do. And that's been very fortunate for our industry. We haven't been hit nearly as hard. Now, this is something we can't control and can't adjust to. We just have to wait. And it's, it's a scary thing. Who knows? I mean, I'm sure John, I'd be curious to know if there's any way there's any domestic development of, of chips that being being a private company, you can control a little bit better. Um, I know you guys have such great facilities. So I'd be curious. I This is all new to me. You just really don't know how how it's done until you you start learning what's missing. John, cool. I'm, yeah, yeah. I, so, I guess yeah. I'm asking I'll the question. Put John on the spot. Like, <laughs> yeah. No, look, and, and look, I think, you know, um, this is something we've been talking about with our dealers uh, for probably six months. You know, we've been fortunate, as Mosey said, for the most part, we ship most orders within 24 hours of receiving the order, right? Uh, yes, we've had a hiccup here or two where we've, we've had to delay things two weeks, three weeks. It hasn't been horrible, right? An end user can wait you know, two weeks for their remote control, you know, the, as, uh, as some would say uh, here, <laughs> babies aren't dying, right? It, it's there, there are far, far worse things uh, than being able or not being able to deliver that remote control in, in a short amount of time. But, but to that point, you know, there's, there's a lot of things going on right now. This is a, you know, a, a, a global problem. Um, the demand is huge. Supply is down. It's the opposite of what, you know, uh, what we, what we would want as a manufacturer. Um, and we have to pivot. And, and what we've been telling our dealers is, is exactly what Mosey is doing. Be prepared. Talk to your customers. Get those orders in as early as possible. You know, it's one thing to, you know, to, to not have a remote control to control your television when you move in. But if I can't control my lights or I can't bring my shades down in my bedroom, again, it doesn't sound, these aren't 
you know, life-threatening issues, but by, but they certainly affect, as Jeremy said, our livelihood in this, in this business. Um, it's, it's, you know, Mosey getting paid, Mosey's ability to pay Crestron, uh, all of those things cascade uh, when there's a problem. So having these discussions openly and honestly with, your, with the end users early on about getting, you know, getting these orders in, let's, let's do what we can to expedite them. Uh, and that's really, you know, I, I, and to, to Jeremy's point, I think you're right. I think it will get worse before it gets better, um, just based on this morning's news. But, uh, you know, it's trying to stay ahead of that and try, trying to educate people and provide that information out there. Anybody want to, uh, to make a prediction on how long this is going to last, the shortage? 18 to 24 months. That was very quick. It's because I have to track it every day for my clients. Um, yeah, so we're so what we're being told at the moment is, if you look at the bell curve, we are just we're probably three or four months before the peak of the problem, right? Because uh, there's adjustments going on right now. We just came out of Chinese New Year, uh, so the factories are all now getting back up to speed. So we're really starting to see what's going to be in shortage and what's not. Um, companies like NXP and Microchip and, and other of the big chip houses are now talking about what's going to be available and what's not and when it's going to be available. Um, interestingly enough, this is affecting uh, processors across the board, right? So if you're building cellular devices or you're building wireless devices, uh, you're building intelligent devices or you're building, you know, not so intelligent devices, I have yet to have found a manufacturer that is not being affected by this. Um, and so what we're seeing is we're about three or four months from where the peak will be, and then it will take approximately 18 months for us to come down the other side. Um, this is less COVID related at this point because the Chinese factories are all up and running and more about the, the break in the supply lines during COVID that are now having to get ramped back up and what's going to happen in the future. Um, the biggest problem, and, and John, you know, Crestron probably doesn't have this issue at all because you're big enough, but the biggest problem we're having is that we placed orders for product for componentry last fall, and the distributors are now calling us and saying, hey, we have your product ready, but unless you pay us an extra 30%, we're going to the next name on the list, yeah. right? Um, and, and, you know, here in America, it doesn't happen that often because then you get the law involved. In other places there's not a lot of law to deal with when it comes it's you know people talk about communist china all the time yeah china's one of the most truly capitalistic places on the planet um i you know yes the government is communist don't get me wrong but at the at the bottom line every day it's capitalism you know money talks nobody walks um so it's it's going to be very interesting to see how it plays out but I would suggest we're going to be here for, for 18 to 24 months if I had to, you know, really put a stake in the ground. And on that bright, bright and uplifting note, we will wrap it there. Thanks so much. <laughs> all right, gentlemen, thank you all for joining us. Uh, Avi, if people want to connect with you, learn more about BlueSav, how do they do that? Uh, best way is on our website, www.bluesav.com. Uh, I'm also on Twitter at AviRFL. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Mr. Levy, thank you for joining us, my friend. If people want to connect with you, learn more about Backstage AV, where can they do that? Thank you for having me, Matt. Um, we're on Instagram at, at Backstage AV, and I'm on Facebook and very active in the groups as Mosey Levy. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Mr. Glowaki, thank you, sir, for joining us. If people want to connect with you, learn more about Residential Tech Today. Catch my, my beautiful and wonderful guest spot 
as your your podcast guest, where can they do that? <laughs> Absolutely, ResTechToday.com, and you can find the podcast there uh, or on your uh, favorite podcast uh, catching service. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Mr. Clancy, last but not least, thank you, sir, for joining us. If people want to connect with you, learn more about Crestron, where can they do that? Uh, Jay Clancy at Crestron is my email and easily findable on, on LinkedIn and other places like that. But uh, thank you for having a great conversation today. Thanks. Thank you all for being here. Thanks again uh, for joining us. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at Matthew Scott and pretty much every other social platform. But more importantly, please visit avnation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of our other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you check them out as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week. Thank you.